0: I am an uncommon church builder. I am Leading Second.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Leading Second podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So glad you're joining us today. Our mission, of course, here at the podcast is to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. I'm so glad you found this space. Welcome back to season one of the Leading Second Podcast. In fact, uh, as we're recording this episode, we're preparing to conclude season one of the podcast and take a brief break over the holidays. In fact, including this episode, we have four left, I think. So I hope you're enjoying this space. In fact, I want to invite you, Uh, to join us for our final episode recording of the podcast. If you want to join us for a live online recording experience, we are going to be uh, recording that final episode on Monday, November 26th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. If you want more information on that, you can head to my Instagram, the leading second Instagram or the. Leading Second Forum on Facebook, and there will be information there. And we would love for you to join us and ask some live questions uh, with myself and some friends as we record our final episode of season one. I also want to mention to you today, before we get on with our episode, that uh, Team Church One Day in Florida is quickly approaching on Tuesday, December fourth. Of course, Leading Second is an extension of the Team Church tribe and. We do events throughout the year with Team Church, and our next one-day event is in Venice, Florida. You can head to teamchurchconference.com for registration and more information. I just want to encourage you to come and bring your team. Plan to be a part of the day. Leading second is doing a session at Team Church one day. It won't be the same without you, uh, so we'd love to have you there um, for that event. Okay, so every week we take a question here on the podcast from a listener. Uh, who is also connected to us on social media or the leading second forum on Facebook. And so, uh, here is today's question on season. Hey Brandon. So this is Ryan Martinez from milestone church in Keller, Texas. And my question is how do you remain faithful when you feel like you're in a season of obscurity? Well, Ryan, thank you for your question. Uh, Really love you. So proud of you, of what you're doing at your church. Uh, I love this question, too. How do you remain faithful in a season that feels obscure? Um, I think what you have to realize if you find yourself in that sort of a season right now that feels that way, I think you have to realize that it's just that. It's a season. In other words, I think we often like to believe the lie that seasons are eternal that if I feel like I'm in a season where I'm overlooked, or I feel like I'm in a season where you know, I'm not being used to my full potential, or I feel like I'm in a season where no one understands me, I, I think we we often add up that I'm going to be in this season forever. I just wanted to remind you, you're not going to be. Seasons are not eternal. Seasons are exactly that. They are seasons. Um, I do believe, though, that every season has a purpose, and every season has a lesson And I also believe that we don't get to get out of the season without learning the lesson. And so I think it's important to stop regularly and ask the Lord and ask yourself, um, what lesson are you trying to teach me in this season? Uh, I thought of James 1 and 4 when I thought of you today, Ryan, and it says this, let perseverance finish its work. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, Jesus is so interested in seeing you develop into all that he called you to be. And so he's going to send you through seasons and lessons so that you're not lacking anything. So just realize the season is just a season, but try to recognize the lesson in the season, the things to learn. And I believe that um, that moves the seasons along. Also, a side note on this, there are often things we learn in seasons that that we're supposed to learn, like things to do. But then I also believe that sometimes seasons come along where we are supposed to learn what not to do. And I think it's important to take both out of seasons of growth. So thanks, Ryan, for your question. Uh, We love you a lot. Um, If you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss and answer on the podcast, I'd encourage you to send in your question to leadingsecond at churchforward.co, or if you're not part of our Facebook forum on Facebook, the Leading Second Forum, I would encourage you to join the forum and submit your question there. We would love to feature your question on a future episode. Hey, so uh, without further ado, I am joined today by some of my good friends, the Team of campus pastors at my home church, uh, Champion Center. Why don't you say what's up to everybody, guys? Hey. Hey. <laughs> Yo. Hey, hey. Uh, hey, I'm so glad you guys are are joining me today for this episode. And uh, I'm so proud, first of all, of my home church. And I, I think we say it a lot and say it in every episode, but I just consider it one of the great blessings of God on my life to have grown up here and to be a part of this church and so any chance to expose our tribe our leading second tribe to the DNA of this house I just I love it's it's one of the great honors so thank you guys for uh, a few minutes today for um, uh, as we dive into what I believe are going to be some necessary conversations I do want to have you all introduce yourselves though so maybe um, Pastor Ryan and Jody why don't you start and let everybody know um, who are we talking to today?
0: Hi, I'm Jody, and uh, Ryan and I lead our Bellevue campus, uh, which is the still the newest of all of our campuses, but we only have that title for another, what, 30 days?
2: <laughs> yes, good to be with you all. My name is officially Ryan, and I want to say Brandon has a great podcast voice. Great intro.
1: You have have to work at it really hard. You have to get in your low register, you know, there's a technique to it.
3: You're (laughs) doing,
2: you're doing really well.
3: (laughs)
1: We're going to see how productive this is today. (laughs) Pastor Nicole.
3: Well done. I have to agree with Ryan. You do have a very nice podcast voice. Uh, uh, My name is Nicole Moore and I am the campus pastor at our Tacoma location. And I think I am the Uh, at the oldest location. Champion Center here has been around for around 30 years here and I've actually been, I'm new to being the campus pastor at the oldest location. So I've been doing this now about two years, a little over two years.
1: So today I just thought we would have a conversation and uh, talk as leading second leaders. Obviously you all are campus pastors and so therefore uh, you don't pastor your own churches, but in, in many ways, you know, you lead these sizable teams and campuses that, um, I mean, just for, for perspective, I mean, our churches, but we don't see them that way. We see, we see this as one house. And so you, as, as other campus pastors out there that are listening, know you find yourself in that tension that we all do of, of leading when you're not in charge, which of course is what leading second is all about. So I just wanted to have a conversation about what that's looked like for you today and um, what it's looked like for you to represent our pastor um, and you know, in environments where maybe they're physically away at times they're at another campus and you're leading and whatnot. So um, I'd love to just first of all lob about a first question and see where this goes today. I'd love to talk about building trust. There's no doubt that trust with a senior leader is, Maybe the most important thing that we build and that we protect as leaders who lead in the second chair. So what has it looked like for you as uh, campus pastors to build and maintain trust with our senior pastor?
0: Oh, I'll start. Uh, I'm the kid of our lead pastor. Um, So I think there's an inherent trust just from being um, blood. But uh, apart from that, um, I still made some mistakes when I first came on staff almost 12 or 13 years ago, uh, not maliciously, just I think out of naivety. So uh, what I've learned uh, to build trust, the best way to build trust is to be an advocate of your team and your pastor to the people. Uh, Instead of becoming an advocate of the people to your pastor, the best way that we can build trust is leading second um, is when we become the advocate of our team, our team members who who are on staff with us doing life, whether they're paid staff or volunteer staff, but they're on the team moving our churches forward, we're being an advocate of them and we're being an advocate of the pastor. It's easy for some of us in the second chair to kind of have the ear of the people and hear all of their wants and desires and complaints and um, drama and whatever. And so then we take that, we feel like, oh, well, I'm... I'm like their Congress person. I'm like their Senate person. Like I need to take their concerns to the leader, right? And I need to, I need to advocate, you know, be an advocate for them. And I think we build trust when we actually, um, you know, we care about people and we listen. But then instead of being their advocate to our leader, we're actually the leader's advocate, the vision of the house, the culture of the house. We're that advocate to the people. Um, that's how we can build the best trust.
2: Yeah, I think one of the interesting things I'm learning about trust is there are layers of trust. So maybe from a broad sense, we have trust with our leaders, but as we go through different proving grounds as leaders, um, I feel like even for myself, you know, there might be different areas of opportunities that my senior leader would trust me more than others based on my track record. And we're all in a process of time and trust is not built instantly. And so for young leaders, we are impatient and we want trust tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it does take time, but I would say as you continue to pass <clears throat> new proving grounds and yep. as you're given those small things to, to pass in, you you build trust, you build rapport, and uh, just don't get impatient because that's so common when you're young. You get impatient quickly and you want trust all of a sudden and it takes time.
1: Yeah, that's really well said. And and. Every young leader listening, of course, test of time, that's never the one we enjoy the most, but but absolutely is built over time. Let me ask you this, though. So at, when you're leading in a position of trust, your leader's not always going to be present. You're going to be leading sometimes in their absence, meaning they're just not at the campus or they're just not at the service. They're they're away taking care of other business they need to take care of. And So um, I guess my question for you is, what do you feel like Pastor Kevin and Sheila have looked for... In all of you leading in their absence, when they're away, what do you feel like they look for in all of you?
3: Uh, I think I think first and foremost is just a, a high level of ownership. Uh, even though you know he's the senior leader, she's the senior leader. That doesn't discredit or mean that we don't also have an equally high level of ownership of what's expected mm-hmm. of us. And I think uh, as well, and the, is to be able to execute well. Uh, we we know we've been trained by them. We know what their expectations are. We know what his voice is. We we I can hear his voice sometimes when I'm talking to <laughs> you know the team members. I'm like so you know how you you sound like you're t- saying your father's voice. I think when you know your leader well, it should be similar to that. Mm. Like I know his voice. I know how he would think about something, how he would correct something, how he would encourage something or celebrate that. And I think that's the key is just really owning it and being confident in that ownership and not defer. I think it's easy when you're leading second to just defer and be like, well, you know, there's a problem, and I'll just take that back to my leader and let my leader know about the problem. Well, actually, maybe you can solve some problems yourself. Maybe you can lead the team in a direction and be confident in that. You know your leader's voice. You know what you're supposed to own, and then just execute it really well.
1: You know, let's maybe lean into that for just a second, because Pastor Nicole, you just mentioned something I think that was really important that we're doing it how they would want it done. Yeah. But don't you think so often when we get a position of trust or a position of leadership, we automatically think, how would I want to do this? And I actually think that's the wrong question to ask. I think I think uniqueness can come later and your leader can pull uniqueness out of you um, at a later time when when they see fit. But can we just maybe sit here for just a second, talk not just about being trusted, but but leaning into how they would want things done rather than just me living for my moment, my way. I mean, have you, have you found yourself, I guess, having to die to self a little bit in order to do things? Um, and this is how my leader would want things done right now.
0: Um, I think the short answer is yes. Um, whenever we're not in charge, um, there are going to be differences of opinion, differences of preferences, um, but that that trust is really built when we're able to hash it out if we if you are invited to the table to have an opinion and you know create solutions and solve problems, um, when we're at the table giving having that voice at the end of the day, if a decision's made that's not in line with what my opinion was or my preference, um, the greatest way for me to build trust is the next step is to own, the decision that was made and carry it out as if it were my opinion, my preference, my decision. Uh, a lot of times, I think young leaders um, they accidentally or or on purpose um, decide that you know, well, I'm going to rally the troops around who I am or who I'm becoming or who I want to be, and so I'll leave a meeting and say, oh, well, yeah, I didn't want I didn't want that wall to be blue. But our lead pastor did. So we painted it blue. stupid, huh? Or even just subtly, like, yeah, I didn't really want the wall to be blue either. But, you know, we're just going with it. Uh, Those those are the beginning seeds of dishonor. And dishonor blooms into distrust, which eventually blooms into discord. You know, like, it might not be tomorrow. But if, if we allow those seeds of dishonor to grow into distrust, it becomes one year. Two years, five years from now, where you have created this um, this discord in yourself, or even in other people, where they're saying, "Man, you could do this so much better. Let's go start our own thing," you know, and and that's really ripping the heart out of what God is doing uh, in in the local church. There there are times for people to move on and do their own thing, um, but there's a way to do it that actually keeps building the church instead of tearing it apart.
1: So well said, and I like to remind people often, you know, I spent the better time on of my time on staff uh, as our small groups director, which if I had had it my way, I would have been like a worship leader, like a rock star on the stage worship leader. But what my pastor asked me, which <laughs> yeah. my pastor showed supreme wisdom in that one. Uh, but what he asked me to do was small groups, which is about the functional opposite of worship leading, big room, small room, stage, no stage. And yet now when I... Look at my life. I feel like I'm in my lane now, but I mean, look around this room where we're recording. This looks This looks a whole lot more like a small group than it does worship, lady. And I've often asked myself, did my pastor see something in me that I didn't see about myself? Mm-hmm. And had I done it my way, my uniqueness, my thing, maybe I would have taken myself down a completely different road. That that trusting my leader mattered to me. It, it and and being willing to do things their way, it actually brought things out of me I didn't even realize were there uh, in the first place.
2: Yeah. And, and if I can just say, you know, to affirm who you are, Brandon, through Leading Second, we've all grown up with you. So to everyone that's listening to, to Brandon and Lindsay and their message, um, I would have to say, these are really quality people to follow. You know, we love them as friends. We've done life with them, but they have walked this road really, really well. And you can see that by how our senior leaders trust them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been patient. They have served the vision of the house. And to this day, they continue to serve the vision and yet, here God is doing something incredible in and through their lives, and opening up new doors. So, I wanted to say that because maybe a lot of other people can't bring that perspective. We're we're with you in the trenches all these years. So, I really appreciate that sincerely. About well, thank you for saying that. You your, guys are. your
1: check right over, is over there on the table. <laughs> thank you. I Paid you off for that comment. <laughs> I get, college I get, ben, I actually get paid by Brandon. I get paid
2: by Brandon in food budget, so I just have tons of steak that he sends me.
1: Let's uh, talk for a minute now about being a leader that others want to follow. So, um, I feel like I hear Pastor Kevin say this a lot. And I feel like this is a little bit unique to him, even. Like, uh, this comes out of him a lot that I just don't want people following me. You know, if I'm Pastor Kevin, that I want people to want to follow you as well. That's what makes, you know, a great leader on a team is that you can, you know, command. Um, you know, the, the loyalty of and followership of people on behalf of the house and that people want to not just follow their senior pastor, but follow you as well. And so I guess my question would be, um, how would a leader listening to this episode today know if they're winning in this area? If, if they're putting points on the board as being a leader that others want to follow while also maintaining alignment with the house, what does that look like for all of you?
2: I at least think I don't know that I have the answer to this whole thing. Um, I'm learning myself, but I, a one starting place I think that's healthy is asking ourselves, "Would I want to follow me?" Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, the 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 serious answer when you're laying on the pillow and you're you're being honest with yourself. And I think that question is even helping me. You know, some areas you're stronger than others, and there's areas maybe you would say, wow, yes, in this area I'm crushing it. And then you look over another area and you're just like hands in the face, embarrassed. So I think if we continue to ask ourselves that question, it's gonna hopefully cause us to grow and a desire to grow. That's one thing I'm I'm trying to work on. That if if I can get to a healthy place in myself and really be a person that I would want to follow, I think that at least sets the stage to be the type of person that ultimately. Other people would want to follow, follow me as I follow Christ. I mean, that would be all of our goal. Yeah.
3: I, I would just add to that too with just looking back on my leadership journey. You're, you know, if I'm going to assess myself, I don't know that I can trust myself to assess myself mm. in a lot of ways. I think I, you, you have to have other people and other voices. And I know the first thing for me when I first took on this role as campus pastor, I knew right away in the first couple of weeks that I was in way over my head. <laughs> I I knew I I, I would have liked to believed on the forefront of the opportunity that I was feeling pretty confident about myself, but it did not take long to have that moment where I was like, oh, no, I am not the person they need me to be. I am not I'm not ready to leave these people. These people are looking to me for things that I don't have to offer them. I, I just I don't have I don't have the the breadth, I don't, I, I needed to grow myself and I needed rapid growth. Like, yeah. like, you know, when you drop those little pep things for your kids into the water and it grows overnight, that's the kind of growth that oh, I yeah. needed. And I think for, for just looking back at that, uh, I had to get a couple of resources in me that really helped lead like Jesus was a significant one for me. Um, that really helped me kind of zero in on my person and mm. what I needed to grow and just kind of create a filter for me. Um, but it also just goes back to God's word. And I, and if, 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 you are growing yourself, then you – that's your first person that you have to lead, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If you don't lead yourself well, you can't possibly be qualified to lead anyone else. And I think when you look at leader burnout, when you look at leader challenges and struggles, even moral failure, it all comes back to that. It's not because they lacked talent or they lacked skill. It's typically because they didn't lead themselves well. And I think you have to go back to that when, you know, if you want to ask yourself, am I a, wor- a leader worth following? You have to go back to saying, how am I leading myself? You know, and who who's who's around you that you could ask? I would go so far as to say, ask the people that you're leading. There's oftentimes I'll have a meeting with a staff member and we'll talk about business and the things we need to go. And then I'll say to them, how am I doing as your leader? So good. Are there some things so that you would want to say to me? Or And maybe you can't say it right now, but if there's some things you see in me that I I could be doing better, that maybe you said, man, I wish Nicole knew this. Would you tell me that? Because there's blind spots that I'm not going to see, and I need your help to make me better.
1: Very, very, very well said. Um, I think I have maybe a final question for you all as campus pastors. Um, Keeping culture consistent between campuses is obviously vital. You know, we're one— house that has different rooms to it. And yet when people walk into different services or different campuses of the same house, we want their experience to be the same. So culture is king when it comes to this. So what does it look like for us keeping culture consistent between our campuses? And then I think I'd even add on just to let you guys go for a second here. um, How have you even kept on the same page between you as a team of campus pastors? And obviously we're getting ready to open a third campus and probably re-answering this question all over again. We have another couple that's ready to join this team and has joined this team. So what's that looking like for us right now, keeping culture consistent between the campuses as well as among all of you staying tight as a unit together?
3: I think it'd be great if you guys answered that question because culture was established first here at the, the, the Tacoma campus, the central campus. And I think maybe Ryan and Jody sharing about what did that look like to grab that, take that, implement that, and the struggles and challenges that we continue to work out between our campuses of how to ensure, you know, keeping it consistent.
2: Yeah. We're really working uh, a lot to create clarity in terms of our model. So when you do, campuses on many levels um in multi-site capacity you have to have real clarity on structure the outworking of teams but maybe a couple of thoughts i'm not going to answer all of this jody has some great thoughts on this as well a couple of the elements that foundationally once you've worked out clarity on structure for example our central campus is going to oversee these things our campus level Mm -hmm. are going to oversee these things and really have clarity that definitely helps create consistent culture and we're Right now, you mentioned third location. We just got out of a meeting, in fact, where we're working to fight for that clarity so that we have the same verbiage, like naming meetings the same. So when we all have a meeting, we can say, hey, how did your insider's meeting go? That way, every campus has the same culture. We all know what that means. So we're fighting for language. And I would say Pastor Kevin has taught us really well over the years, language creates culture. So really, the the whole conversation of us and them – uh, we really try to fight for it's all us because mm-hmm. what people naturally do, I think it's the human default mode, mm-hmm. is them, they, right. those guys over there versus we are all one, we are all family, and how do we synergize together? The other thing that we've had to fight for and still mm-hmm. still fight for a lot, when you're uh, Jody and I occupy a few different roles. We're executive team members. We're also campus pastors, so we float between both worlds. Mm-hmm. And and then it also gets challenging because we're part of the family. So um, that, that obviously creates complexities that we have to sort through and work through. But I think one of the things we're we're continuing to learn is to fight on both sides for clarity, not to just, you know, pit one team against the other team but say, Hey, we're we're really all one cohesive team. How do we continue to find the win collectively? And it takes it's an art form and you have to we've we've fought battles, we've fought through mm-hmm. human emotion, we've mm-hmm. fought through frustrations. Um, but it's, it's worth the hard work. And again, I think what's helping us now having Nicole in the picture has been really great, um, out of the central perspective, because we're really now, I think outlining for the first time as best we ever have is clarity for what teams are responsible for what, what staff members on what, and that again, helps create culture that we can run with.
0: Yeah. Um, just some practical things that we've uh, had to do with our, with the Bellevue campus team over the last you know few years. Um, is one being really, uh, really explicit about uh, what the culture is and how they can contribute. So for instance, we like to express life. Well, that means that we need to be expressive in our worship. So we want people to lift hands. We want people to to sing. We want people to clap. We want people to move. Um, So we reserve our entire front row um, at our campus, and we fill it with culture creators. Uh, we fill it with people we know. But that's our, something
1: we do at both campuses. That's something though. we do at both yes. campuses.
0: Yes. But we didn't yeah. do it for a while at right. Bellevue campus because right. we didn't have the team to do it. So we had to create the team to do that. Uh, we, don't, we still don't always get it right at both campuses. But that's definitely something that is a goal to help us do culture. Um, the second thing that I would say that we've done practically is um, we've, we create movement um, through leadership on our team. Right. So like if we have prayer partners to the front, we say, listen, if nobody's moving, you move, you get to the front and you pray for your dog. I don't care, but you pray for something. We all have something to pray yep. for. Yep. And so we want to create a culture that it moves and it, and it gets people involved. It gets people participating. Um, we'll do weekly staff meetings with a volunteer staff at that location. And we're asking them, hey, yes, your central campus you know, person is in charge of that and they need to get that to you, but don't wait for them to get it to you. You go after it. It's your responsibility to ask for it. And if they don't get it to you, ask again. Like it's not just all on them to do it. It's also on us to take the responsibility to problem solve and be aggressive. So it's a both. And um, at least for us at a campus level that we're not fully autonomous um, and yet we're not fully dependent where it's more of an interdependent. Uh, relationship that we have some dependencies that we have to have the central campus for. And then we have some inter, you know, independent things that we problem solve on our own. Um, but we've created, uh, this, I guess, collaborative interdependent relationship that is still, um, is still a work in progress. Is that allowed?
1: Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe this will just set people free that, yeah. um, that it's something that we fight for. And it's yeah. and maybe we never arrive. Maybe that that right. fact alone just yeah. sets people free. That it's not that you arrive at this point; it's that we're making a commitment. We're going to keep talking about this, and we're going to keep talking about this.
3: I'd like to just add too, like on the on on our relationship. So working mm. with um, pastors Ryan and Jody, I think that we didn't we didn't have a campus pastor at our central location until two years ago. Mm. So you have. You have these guys who are working to fight for this culture piece, and then we then you have like who's the person that they go to to talk about what's not working with the Bellevue campus. I mean, we we kind of all owned it, but there wasn't one individual right. that was owning right. it. And I think since we've been able to work together, we've been so much more targeted. So much more. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to just be like, look, this is what, this is what's happening. This is when, 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 when we have a situation that arises, maybe a challenge, here's how that's playing out at Bellevue. Well, here's how it's playing out in Tacoma. So now instead of teams trying to sort out, you know, how to get it all us, all us on the same page, we get to work at it with just the three of us to try to say, hey, how can we do this better and support one another, help change language. I mean, I think that's one of the first things that we did. Like I know for me when I came on as a campus pastor, is how do we change our language so that we can just fight against this whole we versus them thing? Because it, it was a very real issue that for culture, we had to break through that barrier.
1: Well, I want to give you guys um a, a lot of credit on this. I know it takes a lot of work to stay on the same page, but as someone who watches this team and this unit, you all present such a unified front and I think that's really important. I think it's mattered. I think it's helped. So thank you for fighting through that. Thank you for making the way for that to happen. And that is duplicatable. That is something that as this team grows, um, I just believe is going to get stronger and stronger. So, okay, lightning round. Very, very last question. You all have to answer it. Um, Just simply, why do you love the church? I mean, why do you wake up and do ministry every day?
2: Local church uh, saved my life. I I would not have... My relationship with Jesus, the wife I married to today, family I have, bar none, the local church. Um, in high school, if I didn't have that, I would not have been grounded in my faith. I would not have found Champion Center.
3: I think for me, it's just it's relationships. It's it's seeing that I'm not alone in my struggle. It's knowing that... I mean, I grew up in church. Grandpa was a pastor. Um, and and to so I've never known life without church. I can't imagine life without church. I watched a family the other day who was leaving here super right. late at night, and I see them and I think, look at how their life is so incredible because they have made church the center of their family. And they're not sad about that. That's not a burden to them. They so, have made yep. that their life. And yep. I I get to reap the joy of that, even if it's not my struggle or my triumph. And I think coming together into a space and looking across the room and knowing that person really stuck it out in their marriage when their marriage was horrible and miserable. And if they can stick it out and God can do a miracle for them, then he can do something for me too, no matter what my circumstance is. So that that is why so, I love the church.
0: Yeah, I, I love the church because, you know, the, the life transformation that happens, whether it's, um, you know, me personally, our family, um, seeing it, you know, up close and personal in other families or from a distance, you know, at different campuses, um, the life transformation that can happen for people in the local church, that's something that it really can't happen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You can have the hype, you can have the fun, you can even have relationships with people, but the life transformation, um, you it really can't happen anywhere except the local church.
1: So well said. Uh, thank you guys so much for what you do. Thank you for, for um, all of the sacrifices, for all of the unseen moments. Um, I, I love being a part of this team and I love being a part of this house. And you all um, just do so much to take it forward every day. So thanks so much, guys.
2: Well, thank you we appreciate and love you as well
1: if this podcast has resonated with you we would love to hear from you i want to encourage you to uh, subscribe to the podcast to leave a rating a comment or even share it with someone who is not yet aware of the podcast help us get word out we would love to be a part of your team's world and would just count it a huge honor i also want to remind you team church one day is coming up in venice florida On Tuesday, December 4th, head to teamchurchconference.com for registration and more information. Also, I want to invite you to join us for our last episode recording of season one of the podcast. Monday night, November 26th, 6 p.m. Pacific. Head to Leading Second or my personal uh, social media or the Leading Second forum on Facebook for more information. And we would love to involve you uh, in that live episode Uh, recording and ask us anything kind of an episode. It's going to be great. Uh, Hey, until next time, please know we love you. We believe in you. I'm praying for you as we record this podcast today. Uh, Let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together.